In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Stories from the book of Genesis give important context to all three of our readings this weekend, most appropriate as we enter the Genesis, or beginning, of Lent. The connection between our first reading and the book of Genesis is most obvious. It's taken right from the book itself. We hear the story of what God says to Noah and his sons after the flood ended. It's supposed to be a re-envisioning of the creation story. Just like in the creation story, every living creature, all the birds and tame and wild animals are mentioned. And just as in the creation story, the Sabbath was given as a sign of the covenant, so here another sign of the covenant is offered, the rainbow. Think concretely of a rainbow for a second. It looks similar to the bow of a bow and arrow. And yet, as it appears in the sky, the bow is curved not as aiming down to the earth, but rather up to the sky. The ancient Israelites look to the rainbow and see that God has hung up his weapon, and what was once a symbol of hostility and destruction is now a sign of peace. When the rainbow appears after rainfall, It reminds God of his promises to never send a devastating flood upon the whole earth. We move now to the second reading from the first letter of Peter. And the connection between this excerpt and the book of Genesis takes some major explanation. In order to get there, we have to look at the text of this second reading itself. It talks of when Jesus went to preach to the spirits in prison who had once been disobedient while God patiently waited in the days of Noah. At first glance, this verse might seem to be a reference to Jesus' descent into the dead, when, between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, Jesus preached to the souls in the underworld and harrowed them from hell. And indeed, many church fathers read this verse that way. But if this were so, why are these spirits referred to as disobedient? Furthermore, at every other reference in the New Testament, Jesus is described as going down into the underworld. Yet here, there is no reference to him going down. Our answer to understanding this cryptic verse lies in Genesis. At the beginning of chapter 6, we hear of these mysterious sons of God who take the daughters of human beings for themselves. Verse 6 of the single-chaptered book of Jude mentions these beings as who did not keep to their own domain but deserted their proper dwelling and continues that he, he being God, has kept in eternal chains and gloom for the judgment of the great day. So what's going on here? The author is saying that after Jesus had been resurrected and brought to life in the Spirit, yet before he took his seat at the right hand of God, he went to deliver the news of his victory to these disobedient spirit beings who had sinned in the days of Noah. Why mention all of this? Because the first letter of Peter was written to encourage Christians dealing with suffering and persecution. This passage assures them that a judgment of the wicked ones who are persecuting them at present will take place by recounting a story in which Jesus declared judgment on these spirit beings who had disobeyed in Noah's time. The suffering Christians are assured of Jesus' ultimate victory. Lastly, a quick refresher on a detail in Genesis will also help to further illuminate our gospel this weekend. We hear in Mark's gospel that as Jesus enters into the desert for 40 days, he was among wild beasts and the angels ministered to him. 
Why include this verse of seemingly otherwise useless information? It's meant to have us recall Adam in the garden. Just as Adam once lived in the garden and in harmony with angels and animals, so too is Jesus doing the same here. Yet then a difference between Adam and Jesus emerges. Where Adam succumbed to the devil's temptation, Jesus does not. Living in the midst of the wild beasts shows us a sort of what could have been for the human race. And this harmony among creation was hinted at twice by the prophet Isaiah as being a distinctive characteristic of the age of salvation. Remember that Isaiah passage we often hear at Christmas? The one about the wolf shall be a guest of the lamb and the lion shall eat hay like the ox? Well, we're seeing that manifest here as Jesus dwells in harmony in the desert. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this Sunday, the first Sunday of Lent of Year B. If Sunday Setup helps you prepare better for Sunday Mass, be sure to please spread the word and share this podcast with a friend. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.